Ah, good morning, everyone. Good morning to everybody but the AP Top 25 voters. How about that? Not you, Scott Ritchie. I'll say I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, welcome to Inside Illini Basketball. As you know, we we hunker down on Monday mornings uh, shortly after the AP Top 25 drops uh, to broadcast this gem of a show, Inside Illini Basketball. And, and I fully expected to come into the podcast booth this is Jim Rosso, Vice President of News, to talk about a nationally ranked Illinois team. And uh, what do I see? Illinois 28th. Who the heck is voting? Well, I am. And then 61 other media members uh, across the country. I actually had Illinois in my top 25. Okay. I mean, at 25, so, you know, in by the skin of their teeth. But I thought, well, and... As I wrote this morning, uh, you might have read on linehq.com, it's time to put my money where my mouth is, and if I'm talking up Rutgers so much, Illinois mm-hmm. beating Rutgers, who was ranked last week, uh, should have been a factor in my decision-making. So Illinois was on my ballot. And I can I can see the, the case for either side of the discussion. For one, Illinois has won what, eight over the last ten games, mm-hmm. beat a ranked Rutgers team, Oh. Um, over the weekend. How'd they ever do that? <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. So, I mean, they've they kind of hit on what have you done for me lately, and that's win games. On the other hand, they still are three and six in quad one games and four and one in quad two opportunities. Like, they just don't have the number of quality wins as other teams. Like, for example, let's just take Kansas because they have the most. They have 12 quad one wins. Now, part of that's you know, virtue of playing in the Big 12, which is the best conference in the country uh, this year. Um, and Illinois is hurt by Ohio State. I'm not sure what's happening in Columbus. Bad things from a basketball standpoint. Hurt by them not being as good as expected. Hurt by Wisconsin. <clears throat> excuse me, Wisconsin. Maybe finally playing like the talent they have, which is mid. Um I'm just hurt by the Big Ten not being as strong as it was the last two years. So there's two sides to every d- debate. I landed on the, I'm at least going to put Illinois at number 25 side of that discussion. Uh, that is Scott Ritchie, our award-winning beat writer, who correctly picked Illinois to beat his favorite team, Rutgers, over the weekend. Not too bad of a prediction score either. I know you had a one-point win, and it turned out to be a nine-point win. Yeah, but neither team... Yeah, I had it in the 60s, okay. and that's where it landed. Good for you. That's a compliment, Scott. Well, I needed a win. Yeah, you, yes, you did. In my prediction game. Uh, it's been rough mm-hmm. this year. Uh, some of those are Colin Likas' fault. I'm glad. Oh, way to throw Colin <laughs> out of the bus. That's awful. Yeah, well, he's not here Scott to defend Ritchie. himself, so I can yeah, text him right now. That's fine. All right, Richie has his uh, backpack on, uh, his uh, bamboo pole with a... A little knapsack on the end of it. It looks like you're about to make a long trip. Apparently hitchhiking my <laughs> way to state college. Um, yeah, I'll just head out to Love it. Neil Street, put the thumb out, and see who will take me. Drive into Happy Valley. I, I, You bemoan that. I would encourage it. I would love it. I'll trade places with you, Scott Ritchie. If you do my job for a couple of days, let me have a little alone time on I-70, going through beautiful towns like Richmond, Indiana. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one you wanted to mention. Stop at the Petro, get a 32-ounce T-bone. 
Yeah, well, I don't know that I'll do that or spend much time other than zooming past Richmond, Indiana. Okay. But, yeah, it's a, it's a trip. Right. Illinois wins that game, right? Should. Like, okay. Penn State is... Horrible since they were here. Yeah, well, I mean, they got off to a pretty decent start to the season and, you know, beating Illinois by 15, you know, was part of that. They were 11-3 and three at one point. Um, on January 1st, they, they beat Iowa um, to go to 11-3, and three, and now they're 14-11, and 11, so obviously they've gone, what, 3-8 and in most of the new year. Lost four in a row. I mean, they've been, outside of losing by 20 at Purdue, the games have been close. Lost by 20 at Rutgers, too. Um, maybe not that close. But it all comes down to, for the most part, if they can make their threes, because they're going to take a ton of them. Mostly because they don't really have any bigs to speak of. Um, I mean, they'll start one, but rotate another one in. But it's it's a guard-heavy team, and they launch. They made 50% of their threes against Illinois. Big reason why they beat Illinois in December. All right, you're about to go into an arena that is an outlier. It's the one Big Ten arena, now that Northwestern is good, where it just doesn't feel right. It feels like an, an NBA exhibition between bad teams. Yeah, and... You mentioned Northwestern. I guess I'm probably telling them my first thought after seeing the court storm after they beat Purdue on Sunday was like, well, I didn't know that there were actually that many Northwestern fans. Um, But the Bryce Jordan Center, like they keep the upper deck curtained off for a reason Mm -hmm. because they don't sell the tickets. Like I, last time, the last time, the only time I've been there, I was in February 2020. Penn State was actually good. They were a top 10 team in the country, not just the Big Ten, in the country. Um, Illinois won, but the upper deck had people in it. That's that's changed. Yeah, it's not fun. Anyway, looking forward to Scott Ritchie's coverage. Uh, have a safe trip there. Big weekend for Illinois, um, which all of a sudden is back in the Big Ten race. Thank you, Northwestern. Anybody who watched the waning moments of that game, you wonder what the heck Purdue did. They looked very un-Purdue-like. Their freshman guards looked like freshman guards. Well, Zach Eady got manhandled, if you will. That's tough to do. But they did it. Yeah, and Threw the ball away. Probably, I mean, it's the freshman guards part. It was like they've played above their heads probably okay. all year. So a little regression to the freshman mean, not a surprise. But even with the loss, Purdue was still two and a half games ahead of Indiana and Northwestern, who mm-hmm. were tied for second. Then three and a half ahead of Illinois, or just Illinois at this point. And then four games ahead of Rutgers, Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm going to say there's nine can, teams that, in theory, could win the Big Ten this year. You can throw your computer at me. No, but I the, I, I the winner of Saturday's game. Takes at least a share of the Big Ten title. Saturday's Illinois-Indiana game. Yes. True uh, or false? I say true. Indiana's both team has to go to, will get their chances because both go to Purdue yet. Boilermakers have a rough schedule. They're not going to beat, I don't think they're going to beat Maryland on Thursday. Just prove me wrong, Scott Richie. Look at that look you're giving me. I'm it's thinking the evil eye. Well, no, I'm just thinking it through, and... I think they'd probably beat Maryland, but Indiana or Illinois share. Yep, the winner shares the title, Ed Bond. I could see. Write it down. Perhaps a scenario where Illinois 
travels to West Lafayette on the last Sunday of the regular season and much like last year playing it on that final day maybe gets a win and a share but Purdue's going to have to lose most of the rest of its games yeah, not the and Illinois can't lose for the most part and neither has a particularly easy final schedule. I mean, Illinois gets, obviously, the opportunity to get a win against Minnesota. Everybody beats the Gophers. Mostly. Northwestern at home, they beat. Michigan at home. That's actually kind of easy in my mind. But, Penn I State. Mean, they still got to play at Indiana, at Ohio State. And as bad as Ohio State is, I don't know, it's a road game. You never know. And then at Purdue. They got two tough games left, according to my figures the least of the contenders. Oh, and then, really, they can't lose on Tuesday at right, Penn State. Won't. Don't worry about that. If they do, that, that ends, I think, all of this discussion. Right. Yep. Looking forward to Saturday's game. No offense to Penn State, but uh, <laughs> it should be a doozy. We'll have our team there. Looking for Ed Bond's a great photographer, by the way. Not only does he produce his podcast, if you've been uh, following our in-game reports, our photo team of Scott Ritchie, Ed Bond, Scott Beatty, Brian Barnhart, Doing a bang-up job. Expecting much the same from Penn State. R.J. Melendez playing, do I, do I understand? R.J. Melendez will be in uniform Tuesday. Okay. What, what did he do wrong? Did you get him in the hot water? Violation of team rules. Uh, let's just say Brett Underwood was not particularly forthcoming, either Saturday afternoon or this morning. Okay. Do you want to take some stabs at what might might have done <laughs> sure that, that seems <laughs> throw some out there that seems responsible yeah. um i mean the fact that it's just a one game deal okay i don't know probably late for practice time all right anyway yeah luke goody uh played in his place i guess maybe a few minutes and as you tweeted out during the game uh, the entire fandom wants him to hoist every time he touches the ball Correct. Yeah, he had the ball, I think, from about 35 feet, and the or at least the Orange Crush members behind me were yelling, shoot it. Well, yeah. You're a shooter. You're from Fort Wayne. You That's know like, how to shoot. Yeah, he was on the logo. Like, I mean, I know, like, Seth Curry. That's cool. Like, he can he pull up from the logo on lots of occasions, but maybe it wasn't the best shot in the flow of the game. It might have resulted in Luke Goody uh, coming quickly back to the bench. Uh, I don't. I doubt that was a shot that Brad Underwood wanted him to take. Um, he did get one off. It was kind of off balance, kind of leaning uh, to his left a little bit. Um, didn't make it, but okay. still, I mean, in theory, a good shooter. Now he just has to go out and prove it. Hey, he got a. He made his debut. Got that out of the way. Uh, I'm expecting more minutes on Tuesday night, and of course, with uh, two games in his home state of Indiana, uh, he'll be in shape for those games, and I think he'll contribute. Yeah, I mean, it was his first time playing, like, real basketball in three-plus months. I mean, like, he played in the scrimmage against Kansas in sort of late-ish October, and then nothing. Okay. So, it's just it's going to take some time. All right, Scott Ritchie um, had to uh, paint a scarlet R on his bare chest on Sunday as a after his beloved Scarlet Knights lost, that was part of the bet. Thank you for doing that, Scott. Sure. 
Still not. Like, I still think Rutgers is good. I tend to disagree. But <laughs> you've tended to disagree every time I said that for years of life. Uh, where are we at in the NCAA tournament? Where we got seven Big Ten teams? Is that right? Are we going to make it? Do I, is my math right? Or is that eight? Uh, it's sort of kind of fluctuates okay. a little bit, but probably seven or eight. I mean, right now looking like eight, but okay. I. I can't believe how close we are to uh, Selection Sunday. We're within the month window. That's awesome. It is. And uh, really looking forward to it. I know the boys' basketball uh, playoffs start next week for the high schools, which means we're getting closer. Of course, though, those finals are in, are in Champaign when the Big Ten tournament plays out in Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, the IHSA adjusted their schedule so that the original March Madness did not conflict with the NCAA tournament but now it lines up you know against the Big Ten tournament unless whoever the new commissioner will be decides to make the dumb move and push the Big Ten tournament up a week earlier to go play at Madison Square Garden again Mm. okay don't know who that commissioner is going to be yet you haven't told me well I mean Kevin Warren's still in charge until I think June technically I imagine a lot of his time is being spent uh, trying to uh, move the Bears to Arlington Heights. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which direction the Big Ten goes. I mean, do they poach Jim Phillips from the ACC, former Illinois manager, former Northwestern Athletic Director? It'd be a better job for for, for Jim Phillips. Uh, do they do what the Pac-12 has done, what other conferences have done, is don't go down the athletic path and maybe bring in someone with a business background, maybe a TV background. Um, we'll see. It's one of the best jobs in sports, period, from sort of that administrative side. So I'm sure there'll be lots of candidates. All right, as we said, Illinois plays on Tuesday, on Saturday, then on Monday, and they play a lot of games is what we're saying. Is there any reason to uh, buy into the they might get tired? Well, yes, because they had that one stretch that led to the another sort of really bad loss at home to Indiana where they either practiced, prepped, or played for 19 straight days and you know, Brad Underwood said it was an excuse, but mentioned that his team was tired, I don't know, like eight times during that postgame press conference. So they don't have quite the same stretch um, coming up. But, started, I mean, if you just even start with the Saturday game at Indiana, they go Indiana on the 18th, then Minnesota the 20th, Northwestern the 23rd, Ohio State the 26th. That's a lot of games. Okay. So maybe uh, the 26th we should be worried about. Could be. Okay. Um, a fantastic weekend uh, at uh, Illinois, not just the basketball game, but, of course, the uh, Friday oven function uh, where a lot of big-timers came back. Darren Williams, always good to see him. Rick Schmidt, Manny Jackson. Who else was there that I'm trying to think of uh, at pictures taken? But Those uh, were like the three yeah. big names from a player standpoint. Very cool. Where would you rank this practice facility now, Scott Ritchie? Uh, not that you've seen a bunch around the nation, but – Certainly an upgrade of what it was a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be in the top ten just because of newness. And I think that what puts it maybe over 
the top compared to some is the space that they've set aside for recovery. Like they have every latest gadget. I mean, cryotherapy, infrared therapy, I mean, anything to kind of help speed along the, you know, get right process after a game. Um, And that's unique. Driving down, uh, uh, I guess it's Kirby at that point, right? Uh, I was amazed uh, this weekend at just how kind of imposing the facility look of the University of Illinois is athletically. Someone did it right. Those two hulking softball and baseball complexes staring you right in the face as you drive by there. And then you got the new oven, you got the, the two stadiums, and you got the, ten- the tennis center. It's pretty cool. I mean, Illinois has invested a considerable sum of money mm-hmm. in doing that. Um, and I think, you know, to keep up in the college athletics arms race, like that's okay. what you have to do. Um, I'm getting to a question here, and okay. I'll tell you. Lots why. of money. Lots of debt. Don't right. mention that to Josh Whitman. Here's moving forward. Here's my question: Do you do you keep investing in the the uh, facilities, or do you try to get donors to pony up for NIL? Is there now competition among those two parts of the strategy? Yes, because I mean, there's a finite number of dollars that exist, and that also that. Fans, alums, former at you know former Illini are probably willing to give. I mean, they just can't probably fund all of that endlessly. Now, I mean, and there's you know wrestling is being taken care of. They've got a, a training center coming in. Let's see, it's 2023 now, so like I don't know, a couple years I think is supposed to be done, um, paid for by you know two families that wanted to invest in wrestling. Um, it's really is left out to dry right now. Um, volleyball, gymnastics, swimming. I don't know. It's just going to take, I think, fan alum interest to fund those things. Um, but I think Illinois also to compete at the Big Ten, compete nationally, have to be competitive in NIL. So some of the money is going to go there. Maybe you back burner. You know, so, you know, a new volleyball arena that can be used for gymnastics as well, um, because the money's going elsewhere. All right, and there's always hockey. They're like, <laughs> just keep bringing that up. <laughs> They're doing it right, men's basketball wise. I will say that. However, it's working out, uh, being the portal, being recruiting, being facilities. Uh, it's being done right compared to some other programs. Yeah, I think. For now, they've found enough to you know pay for the bulk of yeah I'd say you know, a good portion of the up and renovations expansions to have NIL available f- to get guys like Taryn Chan and Matthew Meyer out of the transfer portal to land freshmen um, that can compete at this level. Um, have to keep doing it like it's just it's non-stop like you just you can't it's not a one-time investment it's a year-to-year investment that illinois has to make that fans have have to, i don't know they don't have to certainly but if they want to like they can but uh 
don't know. It's a it's a very strange conversation to have. All right, Scott Ritchie, our our beat writer for all things Illinois, on his way to Penn State, then on his way to Indiana through traveling week. Uh, Ed Hightower joined uh, Lauren Tate and gang on radio this weekend, bemoaning some of the officiating going on. What's he? You're pro official. I'm pro. Just stop complaining about the officials all the okay. time. All right. But it's, there's some bad officiating taking place. Yeah. I'm also pro get it right, and that doesn't always happen. And I was, Saturday's game, like there was a out-of-bounds call that... Went against Illinois? Went against Illinois. The officials blew it, and in a rare turn of events, Larry Serrato, like apologized to Brad Underwood. It was, like, was the apology accepted? You were there. Yeah, but it was like, also, it doesn't do Illinois any good. Well, did he say, make one up? <laughs> Can you just say that? Um, I did not see that. I think it was more just get them right with some other words in that sentence. <laughs> Please get them right, sir. Those weren't, the, those weren't the words. <laughs> well, it's always uh, always a topic of conversation. Bad officiating, it seems to be. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, it's maybe just the way it's worked out, but I mean, I saw Ed Hightower at Iowa, so I am obviously Saturday in Champaign, like, He's getting out and about and still in his consultant role with the Big Ten. But, uh, you know, like Terry Weimer's the new uh, head of officials in the Big Ten. Probably, you know, Terry, Ed, they could probably sit down, maybe figure something out to just elevate the officiating in the conference. I'd like to know what an official makes for a Big Ten game. I don't know if we've done that story in a while. Maybe we'll see if they're getting paid enough. Are they getting trained enough? Some of these guys are... Look at John Higgins on is somewhere new every night all over the country. Is it... Yeah, well, it's, and there was a little, cause he's arguably one of the best officials in the country, but was involved in this controversial finish to a game, and got people wondering, like, well, he, that was his seventh game in eight days, and it's not like he's getting to stay in one spot to do it. So, I mean, probably needs to be more officials mm-hmm. to limit that a bit. Um, maybe some younger officials. That wouldn't be a bad idea either. All right, uh, your favorite time of the podcast uh, as we go data diving. Uh, I'm on pins and needles just waiting to see what brilliance comes out of your bearded mouth. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, Ed's, Ed's equally excited over there. Ed, wake up, Ed. Thank you. Okay, Ed was dozing I'm gonna off. I'm going to give you some super simple data, some oh. you might even like. Wow. Um, I mean, Illinois continues to improve defensively and currently ranked fifth nationally in two-point percentage allowed. Like, Brad Underwood's big thing is tough twos. It's proving out statistically. I mean, opponents are not making a very high percentage, 43.2% of their two-pointers. And like that, you should make more, you should make a better percentage. Um, aiding that, and it's because it's a team thing, but Illinois is also top 10 in block percentage. Now, it's not block shots, which they are. They're like fourth thing in block shots per game, but they're blocking like 15% of the available shots to block. That's pretty high. Who keeps track of this stuff? It's all it's all box score data. Just funneled into I like block shots, I'll tell you. I like Ty Rogers. 
maybe. All right. One, I mean, arguably one of Illinois' best defenders. Right. Because he can defend Gets multiple positions him. and he's really good on the ball. Coleman Hawkins, you wrote extensively about after the Rutgers win. Seems to have a. The fandom seems to have a love hate relationship with Coleman Hawkins. I don't know how much love there is. Because, like, wrote about it, first Facebook comments, like, yeah, he's got all these lazy turnovers. It's like, he just played a really good game and was one of the primary reasons Illinois beat a ranked Rutgers team at home and then just like dump on him, dump on him like that. I don't understand. Like, did he have too many turnovers on Saturday? Yeah, sure. But a couple of them were on passes like he saw the opening. It was there. And his teammates just didn't catch the ball. I mean, there's one, you know, cutting Ty Rogers, and, like, that pass should be made, like, can be made. Coleman made it. Ball goes off Ty's hands out of bounds. Like, I don't understand why. It's a, I don't know. It's a certain segment of the fan base, like, just hates Coleman Hawkins. Hmm. Good player. His dad was in town over the weekend, I saw. Uh, saw him play a pretty doggone good game. Yeah, I mean, he had – he just did what he does every game – but just more of it. I don't know how you could be upset about that, but you never know. Well, uh, let's transition to your top three power poll uh, for Illinois players. I think Matthew Meyer was number one last week. He probably lost that. Can I guess that he lost that spot? Yeah. Okay. But he's still in the in the mix. I'm going to put Coleman Hawk as the number one. Okay. Dane Danger at number two. And I'll, I, Matthew Meyer will stay in the top three. I mean, Terrence Shannon – had a better second half, but and so did Matthew Meyer, if we're gonna be honest. And he rebounded better. So Matthew Meyer number three. You ever think Dane Danger would be this productive when you were watching him kind of get in shape while not playing last year? No. And I want like and especially with what was at the time Brad Underwood's intent to change everything he did at both ends of the court that didn't necessarily match with having that kind of big on the court and then he changed his mind again and that's why Dane has thrived. How many of these cats are coming back next year? Well, let's go with the ones that can't first and that's Matthew Meyer. Okay. Because he will have run out of eligibility. Um, Terrence Shannon could, probably won't. I mean, he's being projected as a second round pick. I think his goal is to hmm. be a pro. Um, Even with the money he can make here. And that could be the Timber one. I don't okay. know how that could change things. I don't know how much he could get. A lot, probably. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, same boat. Like, he could come back for two more years, I think. Yeah, because he had freshman on COVID year. Um, but I mean, he's also being projected as a high second-round pick. Him and Terrence Shannon. And some projections, not all. Um, other than that, everybody could. Okay. Will everyone? Doubtful. I mean, this is 2023. That just doesn't happen. But they could. We'll worry about that come April. A lot might depend on how far Illinois gets in the NCAA tournament, which, as I've told you many times, I think this is the year. Okay. All right. And you uh, you shake your head every time I say that. I don't know why. I just haven't seen that from this team okay. enough. You like look when at they this. beat UCLA, sure. When they beat Texas, sure. Right. Uh, yeah, the rest of the season, not as much. All right, Purdue dropped out of the number one spot. They're number three. Those teams above them I have no faith in. 
Alabama, new number one. Yeah. Houston, number no. two. <laughs> Honestly, Kansas might be the best team in the country. You think? Okay. I've seen them play bad, so I'm not. I'm not yeah, like, and yeah, but like you said, they have played really poorly. Be a great tournament. How about that? Because who knows what will happen. Wide open. Eight seeds in the final four, I'm guessing. Eight or nine seed this, this time sure. around. Sure. Like, why not? Okay. What else uh, we have to know this week, uh, Scotty, before you uh, rev up the the Ford 150? Is that a car? Is there such a thing as a Ford 150? I'm not a truck it's an guy. F-150. F-150. Okay. But I don't drive that. Head east. Head east. Flat as a pancake. That's from head east. Okay. Not, <laughs> the band, not the direction. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> Just thankful that the weather <laughs> is nice. Um, I don't know. I think we've covered every base here. Illinois has you know, another chance this week to... Maybe win enough to get into the top 25 after falling just short for like the, I think there's like seven or eight weeks in a row they've been in the others receiving votes. Well, you got to sweep this week to make that happen, even if you give Indiana a tussle. I don't think uh, you make that leap. Probably need two wins. Yep. Okay. Looking forward to it. Follow along. Good morning, Illini Nation. If you haven't signed up for our all, all Illini basketball newsletter, do that. At our website, uh, 9 a.m., you get all the major headlines emailed to you. All that fine work that Richie does every day of the year, 365. How about that? Safe travel, Scott. We'll talk to you next Monday. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, Illinois heads into a critical two-game road trip this week, Penn State and Indiana, where Scott Ritchie will be courtside at both places, but they won't be a nationally ranked team on that trip. What's up with that, Scott? Well, first of all, I did vote for Illinois this week, the first time in, seems like, months. Um, but there's a case to be made either way. They've won the majority of their games over the last few weeks, which helps. What doesn't help is that none of those games, save four Saturdays against Rutgers, were you know, of the, the really high quality that the Illini still just don't have enough of. All right, Richie, we'll go into the AP Top 25. He'll tell you if R.J. Melendez is going to play. He'll uh, talk about who might be coming back for next year. How about that? All in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. <laughs> 